Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Someone you know has probably experienced cancer, a heart attack, or stroke. The odds of experiencing one of these are high, which could result in bills for thousands of dollars in out-of-pocket expenses. How would you pay for it? With your savings? There is another option. It's called Active Care. Active Care is a supplemental health insurance policy that offers protection for covered cancer, heart attack, or stroke, and a choice of cash benefit options from ten to sixty thousand dollars. And with Active Care, the cash is yours to use as you see fit. Active Care is brought to you by Colonial Pen Life Insurance Company and is underwritten by Washington National Insurance Company. Get Active Care for cash, choice, and control. Visit ColonialPen.com for more information. This is a limited benefit policy. This policy has limitations and exclusions. For costs and complete details of coverage, visit ColonialPen.com. Someone you know has probably experienced cancer, a heart attack, or stroke. The odds of experiencing one of these are high, which could result in bills for thousands of dollars in out-of-pocket expenses. How would you pay for it? With your savings? There is another option. It's called Active Care. Active Care is a supplemental health insurance policy that offers protection for covered cancer, heart attack, or stroke, and a choice of cash benefit options from ten to sixty thousand dollars. And with Active Care, the cash is yours to use as you see fit. Active Care is brought to you by Colonial Pen Life Insurance Company and is underwritten by Washington National Insurance Company. Get Active Care for cash, choice, and control. Visit ColonialPen.com for more information. This is a limited benefit policy. This policy has limitations and exclusions. For costs and complete details of coverage, visit ColonialPen.com. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to the Morning Report here on the Fight Back Media Radio Network. My name is Willie Lawson. Uh, the other host of this fabulous, fabulous deal is my friend Paul Swanson, S-W-A-N-S-E-N-S-E-N, because it's Swedish, and, well, that's what he tells me, and I believe him, and, and Paul's a Swedish guy, I know, so that must be true. It is wonderful to be back in the chair on this Monday morning. Excuse me, I just finished the Real Talk with Devin Will program um, that my wife and I do on Facebook, and uh, an hour ago... Uh, Fight Back 2020 was on here on Spreaker, and you probably heard it either here on Spreaker or you heard it on Spotify or, or some other, wherever, where you get your podcast, and you're wondering, oh, what are you doing? Working. <laughs> That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. And right now, even on my Facebook page, they, uh, there's a, uh, a video party, they call it going on with the uh, video that we did today and the videos that we've done in the past few weeks on Facebook um, for the Real Talk with Devin Will program. So you might want to watch that too. Give us a hand, support us, or go to our YouTube channel. It's going to be up on YouTube um, sometime before I head out to work this morning. All right, anyway, um, it is a lovely day here. Lovely day, lovely day. And um, 
it was a lovely day yesterday too. Yesterday was Sunday, and um, after church, I went and got uh, my wife's car washed and vacuumed, and um, I met a, a guy uh, who was waiting for his, his truck to get done, and he commented on the weather, and I said, "Well, it's beautiful here," and um, and then I asked where he was, asked where you know if he it was, he was from here. I'm oh, well, I'm not sure how that came up you know it sort of came up really fast so it was a short conversation and he told me that he was from san francisco and i thought huh this is an opportunity and i just i'm sorry i just couldn't resist i maybe i should have resisted but i couldn't resist so i said you know i so the question i asked him what's the what's the real dope what's real what's really happening in san francisco what's really going on there and he said to me, you know, uh, he loved San Francisco. San Francisco was a very accepting city and you could be whoever you wanted to be and all those things. Um, and, you know, and OK, so, yeah, he, was, was it gay? Probably, probably. Um, do I care? Not at all. Not even a little bit. Uh, I was just sort of trying to get to the the real reason why he was living here. And uh, maybe I thought maybe he was visiting, but no, he was actually, he actually moved to uh, Florida, central Florida and from San Francisco. And he said the main reason that he moved was economic. The main reason he moved because of the cost of living. He mentioned that um, he lives in a one bedroom loft, not far from where, where, where the car wash was. And so one bedroom loft that costs 1600 a month. 16, he said he's 1600 a month. And uh, and for us Floridians and people who, who grew up around here, $1,600 a month for a one-bedroom apartment seems flipping outrageous. It just seems crazy, right? Um, but he he said that he was paying $1,700 a month for a, a room in a house. A room that he shared the house with five other guys. There were six people in that house. He shared it with five other guys. And he was paying, for a room, paying $1,700 a month. And he mentioned, and, and, and we didn't really get into that, um, but he mentioned that, you know what, that it's been overrun. And he mentioned millennials. Now, he's probably a little older than millennial. He, he, was, a little, he was like a Gen Xer. Um making, you know what, more money than God is what he said. I mean, they're making uh, inflated sums of money and driving the cost of everything through the roof. And I mentioned the homeless problem. You guys know that um, I went to Los Angeles last October, I guess it was. And um, we mentioned that the um, the uh, the homeless problem in, in Los Angeles, he says the same thing's happening in San Francisco. And he was just looking for something different. So what I said to him as I was getting in my vacuumed, newly vacuumed car, I said, welcome. Welcome to Florida. Welcome to the Tampa Bay area. I uh, hope you have a good time here. And then I, and he said, thank you. And I drove off. But you know what? I thought it was interesting that the real reason people are leaving California is because it's just getting too expensive for people. He mentioned that his... That his family, if they sold their house right now, they would not get enough money to buy a new one. Because even the price of their home when they sold it 
would would just skyrocket. So unless they're willing to leave the state, they're stuck in their house. So anyway, seems seems crazy. Seems like a crazy place to live. And I didn't say to him what I want to say to all of you who are leaving California. If you leave California, leave all the nonsense that happened there, there. The reason California is the way it is, is because of the politics and the thought patterns that thrive in a place like California. When you move to Texas, leave all your California stuff in California. When you come to Florida, leave all that stuff there. Thank you ever so much. Welcome to Florida. All right, uh, we're going to take a little break. We'll be back um, for our stories today. Um, it's going to be some interesting stories, um, I think, here on the Morning Report. And we are going to, we're going to crash right through them like a bull in a china shop. So get your notepad out and get ready. We'll be back with more of the Morning Report right after these messages. You know, every man my age should have three things, in my opinion. First, you should have your own barber. Second, you should have your own car mechanic. And third, you should have your own florist. That's right, florist. My florist is Christine Vasconcello at Blooming Days Flower Shop, located at 11618. North Florida Avenue here in Tampa, Florida. An FTD Top 100 florist, Blooming Days meets all of your floral needs while respecting your budget. Give Christine a call at 813-933-1942. www.bloomingdays.com Hi, this is Willie Lawson. You know, with so much content whizzing around out there, there's only one storytelling platform that helps you keep calm and stay informed and inspired. It's Flipboard. Yeah, Flipboard curates the world's story so you can be smarter in your work, life, and play. Choose from thousands of topics to personalize Flipboard and get the latest stories from the best publishers and experts delivered to you 20 Four, seven. When you see stories that you want to save or share, just tap the plus button and add them to your private or public collections. It's that simple. It's used by millions of people every day. Flipboard is how people move themselves and the world forward. So get started now at Flipboard.com. That's Flipboard.com.
Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back to the morning report. I think this is morning report like 65 or something. Dang. That's pretty doggone good, don't you think? Don't you think 65 would be cool? I think that's what I think that's what the number is. So I'll back off the mic cuz it seems to be um cracking up a little bit. But um again, I think that that 65 would be very very cool if that's the number and I believe that it is. Let's get to, let's get to the stories. I told you we we'd hit them hard and we hit them heavy. Um Trump broke the internet by the way. Did you hear? Of course not. Of course you didn't hear. But why? Cuz Trump if you if you're always if you if you're wondering anytime why things are the way they are, why people are, are reacting the way they are, just say Trump. It's it's Trump. President Trump broke a record for the most liked Persian tweets. In Twitter history, when he issued a message of solidarity with the Iranian people protesting Supreme Leader Ayatollah Ali Khomeini, according to a think tank advisor. Protests erupted uh, in Iran over the weekend after the regime admitted it shot down a commercial air airplane, killing all 176 uh, on board after lying about what really happened for days. See, this is, y'all, when the left, when people like Pete Buttigieg gets in the media and says that the U.S. bears responsibility for that, when Elizabeth Warren says that the U.S. bears responsibility, when the left, when CNN, when the talking heads on CNN, when they puke out this this nonsense, this awfulness, that somehow the U.S. bears some responsibility in this. When we find out that I, what we knew all along was true, that Iran bears the entire responsibility for shooting down this Ukrainian aircraft, commercial aircraft, and killing everybody on board. And then they lie about it. Here's Trump's tweet. To the brave and suffering Iranian people, I have stood with you since the beginning of my presidency, and my government will continue to stand with you. Trump tweeted in Farsi. This is, again, this is the Trump genius. We are following your protest closely. Your courage is inspiring. To the brave and suffering Iranian people, I have stood with you since the beginning of my presidency, and my government will continue to stand with you, Trump tweeted in Farsi. We are following your protest closely. Your courage is inspiring. So predictably, the Iranian foreign ministry spokesman Abbas uh, Musavei did not appreciate the message responding, hands and tongues smeared with threatening sanctions and terrorizing the Iranian nation are not entitled to dishonor the ancient Persian language. Shut up. So you don't like me, so I can't speak in your language? Stupid stuff. Anyway, at the time of this writing, um, the tweet has amassed more than 356,000 likes. It's interesting, though. The government of Iran 
must show human rights groups to, to must uh, allow human rights groups to monitor and report fact from the ground on the ongoing protests by the Iranian people, he said. There can be there cannot be another massacre of peaceful peaceful protesters uh, nor an internet shutdown. The world is watching. He also tweeted that in Farsi. Ninety thousand people are talking about that. That that tweet got two hundred sixty three thousand likes. This one has one hundred forty eight one hundred forty eight thousand likes. To the leaders of Iran, do not in in capital letters do not kill your protesters. Thousands have already been killed or imprisoned by you, and the world is watching. More importantly, the U.S. is watching. Turn your, inter- turn your internet back on and let reporters roam free. Stop the killing of your great Iranian people. <laughs> the end of the Twitter storm ended like this. National Security, National Security Advisor suggested today that Sanctions and protests have Iran choked off. We'll force them to nego- negotiate. Actually, I couldn't care less if they negotiate. We will, we will be totally up to them. No nuclear weapons, and don't kill your protesters. He doesn't care. You know the idea is I don't care if you if you negotiate. We will be totally up to them, but no nuclear weapons. Don't kill your protesters. 97,000. And these were all written in Farsi. These were all written directly to the Iranian people on Twitter. The dude owns Twitter. Broke freaking Twitter. MSN, silent. Mainstream media, silent. Wow. Absolutely amazing. Uh, our second article, you guys know, um, Dan Crenshaw, right? Yeah. A lot of y'all know Dan Crenshaw. Uh, he's a representative from Texas. Dan Crenshaw is a badass. If he didn't have an eye patch, Dan Crenshaw would still be a bad, badass. But the eye patch just set the eye patch and the suit and the tie just set that crap off. It just sets that crap off. Crenshaw, um, at a campaign rally last week in Dover, uh, New Hampshire, Elizabeth Warren, Democrat from um, Massachusetts, told her audience that she couldn't think of a good reason why President Trump ordered the recent deadly airstrike on Iranian terror uh, leader uh, Qasem Soleimani. Now, did you just hear the story I just told you? Anyway, why not a month ago, she asked. Why not a month from now? You and I know why. She ventured a guess and concluded it was pure politics. One of the questions I raised just right after this came out, does this have anything to do with the fact that Donald Trump is right on the eve of an impeachment hearing? She asked. Here is what our friend Dan Crenshaw, Republican from Texas, said. Um, Okay, Elizabeth Warren, I got an answer for you. Crenshaw said on Fox News, the reason why now is that Soleimani just orchestrated an attack on our embassy 
killed an American citizen, and we have very good intel from the CIA and the DNI chairman at uh, of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. They said it would be best intel they've ever seen, that there was an imminent attack coming within days. So Elizabeth Warren, that's why. This was the time. It worked out that they had the best intel that they could have had. They knew where he was. They knew where he was going, how he was traveling. And we knew that there was another attack that was imminent. So they pulled the trigger. We know Warren didn't miss the news about the attack of the U.S. Embassy in Baghdad. Iran backed militia members and the supporters and their supporters tried to force their way in the compound last month, and it wasn't until President Trump sent in reinforcements that the mob retreated. Now y'all remember Benghazi, right? Now Benghazi wasn't an embassy. It was some sort of CIA facility. We're not really sure. Actually some of us are, and we were early. Why the why the ambassador was there. But it was an a US facility in Benghazi that was being attacked and that was calling for help and didn't get it. It was almost like when you have uh, a spy situation and the spy is going behind in, in enemy lines and they know and they know when they they're going in that if you get caught we ain't never heard of you. There ain't nobody to call. There will be no tra- there be no trace back to where you came from. Hmm. Every mission's a suicide mission. So if what is being, um, wait a minute, let me get to right to the right point in the story. Uh, but Warren isn't the only Democrat pointing fingers at the president for Iran's aggression. Uh, Representative Jackie Spire, Democrat from California, uh, claimed that the president, the president's saber rattling, is to blame for the downing of the Ukrainian airliner. Remember what I just said a little bit ago? Um, that had just taken off from Tehran last week. All 176 people on board perished. Iran admitted that it shot down the plane, albeit, quote, unintentionally. If what is being projected is true, this is yet another example of collateral damage from the actions that have been taken in a provocative way by the President of the United States by our charge. This is, and Crenshaw said this, this is a disgusting and deplorable accusation. Soleimani is not only, uh, is responsible for not only uh, helping to plot the attack on the U.S. Embassy, but other strikes on coalition bases in Iraq, some of which have killed U.S. contractors. Now, you remember that U.S. contractor that that got killed. Um, the other part of the story was that there were also soldiers uh, and both American and Iraqi and Iraqi uh, civilians that were injured in that very attack. Still, Senator Warren has had a heck of a time even calling Soleimani a terrorist. She got halfway there on The View, but felt the need um, to some more context to her answer and left us even more confused. At Warren's recent campaign rally in Dover, an angry attendee, accu- uh, attendee accused her of siding with the terrorist. 
you know, it's amazing how it's it's amazing how these people have put themselves in such a twit, in such a twist on on Trump hate that everything else comes out like they care more they they hate Trump more than they care about what happens to the country or the people in it. It is absolutely positively amazing. Absolutely positively amazing. All right, we're gonna get a little break. We'll be back with more of the program right after these messages. This is Willie Lawson for the Armed Citizens Legal Defense Network. You can have access to a growing nationwide network of attorneys and legal experts. You can get bail assistance. Um, The network provides up to $25,000 to post bail on behalf of a member who has used force in self-defense. The fee deposit to your attorney immediately after a self-defense for representation during questioning and other vital defense services. You can reach us at ARM Citizens Legal Defense Network. Our number is 360-978-5200. That's 360-978-5200. Or go to www.armedcitizensnetwork.org. You know, every man my age should have three things in my opinion. First, you should have your own barber. Second, you should have your own car mechanic. And third, you should have your own florist. That's right, florist. My florist is Christine Vasconcello at Blooming Days Flower Shop. Located at 11618 North Florida Avenue here in Tampa, Florida. An FTD Top 100 florist, Blooming Days meets all of your floral needs while respecting your budget. Give Christine a call at 813-933-1942. www.bloomingdays.com To the morning report, um, a, a a product of Fightback Media, uh, and we appreciate you being here. Now, listen, if you want to know more about Fightback Media, Fightback Media, go to fightbackmedia.com, fightbackmedia.com, and check us out. You can listen to all the morning reports just by scrolling down the page and seeing the big record album. If you're old enough to remember what those look like. Clicking on that, and then all of the the all sixty five, including this one, will be on the on the record album, and you can listen to them all. So we appreciate your support of the Fightback Media um, Network. That's up twenty four seven, three sixty five. We appreciate that greatly, 
thank you ever so much for the, for your continued support. All right. Um, yeah, what continues? What continues? We've got a lot to get to today. It's a very busy Monday. Um, President uh, Obama campaigned on ending the wars, especially ending the Iraqi war. Um, and there was a lot being said of President Bush's big sign that said mission accomplished. Remember that? That wasn't that long ago. It seems like for a lot of people that was either didn't happen or it was so long ago that it's that is that we're talking about legend. But this actually happened. <clears throat> and because I played a I on my Blog Talk Radio, uh, I played a a, um, a spot that had a had a um, quote from the the candidate Obama at the time, talking about bringing soldiers home from Iraq. Because they, I mean, the narrative was this was just a war for oil, and this was something personal that George Bush had to do because uh, Saddam Hussein had attacked or tried to kill George W.'s father. You remember that whole narrative? So President Obama gets elected. Um, Cindy Sheehan and the rest of the peaceniks are yay. They're camp. I mean, the same people who are camping out um, in front of George Bush's um, Texas ranch. Remember all that stuff. And then once Obama gets elected, he basically keeps the same sort of policies that that are happening in the Middle East going from the from the Bush administration. Things don't really change that much, except one thing. We opened up a new front in Afghanistan. The same place where the Soviets got out after after being there 10 years saying, you know what, it's just stupid to be here. These people are nuts. We're never going to be able to conquer them. Uh, we'll have to just turn this place into a radiation dump to, you know, to conquer these people um, and turn them in the, and turn them into communists. It's just not going to happen. Right. They weren't going to turn into communists because because it's, it's an Islamic state and an Islamic state is you're not going to be able to intimidate them like you intimidate other people from the West. It's just not going to happen. So it just seemed crazy. So even the Soviets got out. They were overextended. They were losing people left and right. And they just said, screw it. We're out. Right now. It is the 13th of January, 2020. And yesterday, um, the Department of Defense identified two, the two soldiers on Sunday that were killed in action when their vehicle was struck by an improvised explosive device, commonly referred to as an IED, in Kandahar province, Afghanistan. Staff Sergeant Ian McGoughlin, 29 years old, of Newport News, Virginia, and Private First Class Miguel Villalon, 21 years old, of Juliet, Illinois. The soldiers were killed as they were conducting operations as part of NATO's resolute support mission and were assigned to the 307th Brigade Engineer Battalion, 3rd Brigadier Combat Team, 82nd Airborne Division. The Taliban took credit for the attack. 
These are the first U.S. service members to be killed in Afghanistan in 2020. Both soldiers were on their first combat deployment to Afghanistan. McLaughlin joined the Army in 2012 and is survived by his wife and four children. Villalon joined the Army in 2018 and is survived by his mom and dad. When our nation calls for its best airborne combat engineers to deploy in a harm's way, Staff Sergeant McLaughlin and Private First Class Villalon answered without hesitation. They lived their motto, Isions, and embodied the values of the all-American engineer, said Colonel uh, Art Sellers, commander of the 3rd Brigade Combat Team, 82nd Airborne Division, in a press release. Their loved ones are now surrounded by a caring community offered, offering comfort and assistance through this difficult time. These paratroopers represent the very best of our nation and our army. Three-time volunteers, they went when our nation called and paid the ultimate sacrifice. They will be honored, mourned, but never forgotten. And we are committed to taking care of their families for life, said the 82nd Airborne Division Commander Major, Major General James Mingus. Both... Uh, McLaughlin and Villalon will receive the Purple Heart and Bronze, um, the Bronze uh, Star Medal. I'd like to do something that we don't do. I'd like to offer a moment of silence for those brave, brave Americans. Amen. All right. Um, the president. Let's get back to the president. The president um, is, is is saying this. This impeachment shouldn't even be allowed to proceed. Now, when I read this headline, I said, "You know what? I I, I feel the president. This is this is ridiculous. All of it's insane and stupid and ridiculous." And somebody should say, "We're not going to. If you're not going to do it right, we're not going to do it." But this process, so far, this—I mean, we have to be have to be upfront. So far, this has been different, and so far, we assume that this is not really how the founders intended this would happen. Um, but it's not against any rule. It's not against any law. Um, so, but last Friday, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, Democrat from California, announced Friday that she was finally going to transmit the two articles of impeachment over to the Senate, um, sometime this week. Uh, so the upper chamber could begin its impeachment trial of the president. Yesterday, President Trump tweeted his thoughts on the looming Senate trial, echoing concerns that such a trial only gives credence to the partisan House witch hunt that masqueraded itself as a legitimate impeachment inquiry, which is absolutely true. But the but the the thing is that it's got to go forward, and the president, you know, a lot of times, 
during this presidency, this three and a half years, almost four years, I have thought, then we thought here on the morning report, uh, you know what, President Trump, you're fine. You don't have to comment. You're good. You're, you've won and you are winning more. No comment is necessary. You're good. Here's what he said on on yesterday. Many believe that the Senate is giving credence to a trial based on no evidence, no crime, read the transcripts, no pressure, impeachment, hoax, rather than the outright dismissal. Uh, it gives a partisan Democrat witch hunt credibility and, and that it otherwise did not, not have. And he and I said he said I agree. Well, I don't agree necessarily. I think that it's going to work out actually however it's going to work out to the president's benefit. It already has. I think that a dismissal, an out-of-hand dismissal, will work against the president because it works against the process. The process has to continue. That's how you make it plain that this is exactly what the president and others say it is. That it's a no evidence, no crime, read the transcripts, no pressure, impeachment, hoax. Sometimes the hoax has got to be exposed. And I think um, that Mitch McConnell, I can't even believe I'm saying this out loud, is doing the right, is going to do the right thing by what he said. Um, he's already said that there isn't any way that the president is going to be impeached or take, or, um, excuse me, removed from office. He's already been impeached. And if, if it gets transferred here in the next day or so, if the articles get transferred, he will then be impeached, but there's no way he's going to be removed from found guilty and removed from office. It's just not going to happen. And I like that they're simply going by the rules of the last time this happened and it happened with Bill Clinton. And they're just going to go by those rules. And if they need to call witnesses, they will. Which is, there's no reason to negotiate that beforehand because once they hear how the case is presented and then the president's lawyers and the defense, at that point, they'll get to decide. Somebody might even, after that happens, call the question and it could be over. Could be. No way to tell. So, if I was advising the president, I would say, um, Mr. President, just cool your jets. You're fine. You know, just cool your jets. And, you know, what? Giuliani, who's the president's attorney, uh, argued on Fox News that the the um, the two articles of impeachment aren't even crimes. And they should be dismissed by the Supreme Court. Giuliani admitted there was nothing in the Constitution expressly giving the Supreme Court power over Congress in the impeachment. You know, I, I think that everybody needs to cool their jets. Let's just work the process. I think that that's the best way long term. Obstruction of Congress isn't even a thing. It's not even a thing. I explained this before. I'm going to explain this one more time. I have one more story, so I'm going to take a little bit of time and explain why, and, and this is for my uh, liberal people who listen, my progressive people who listen to this program, 
all one of you, um, why obstruction of Congress isn't a crime. If the Congress, even with the Congress, the uh, the House of Representatives, uh, a bills because bills start in the House. I'm only a bill. Yes, I'm only a bill. And I'm sitting here on Capitol Hill. Okay, starts in the House. And then it gets approved. It actually goes through committee, but it gets approved. And then that bill gets sent to the Senate. And it goes through its committee there. Um, and then it, it, it gets sent to the Senate floor. And it gets approved. And then it goes back um, to a joint session. And they work out the details. And that gets approved and that gets sent to the president. And the president vetoes it and says no. Is he obstructing the will of the House and the Senate, Congress? Yes. Part of the process. And just because um and, 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 and just because he doesn't allow his staff, which he has right to do, to testify, that's not obstruction. He has right to have people testify on who's who's on his staff and who isn't. Because Congress is not the boss of you. You serve at the pleasure of the president. The president is the boss of you. The president gets to decide. The executive branch gets to decide. Not Congress. Not Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi, as much as she thinks she is, she is not the president. So people who work in the executive branch do not work for Nancy Pelosi. She is not the boss of them. Donald J. Trump is the boss of them. He gets to decide. Just like the president doesn't get to, to, to decide what happens in Congress. You know, during the Obama administration, Chris Rock made a, made a point that says that, Cong that Obama is kind of their boss. No, he's nothing like their boss. He was nothing like their boss. The president isn't the boss of the Senate. Isn't the boss of the House. He's not their boss at all. Not even a little bit. That, that is, you know, and I'm telling you, I did make a joke and it wasn't, it wasn't nice, but it was a joke. That it was obvious that Chris Rock hadn't graduated from high school. That's a, that, that's what, that is what a GED deal gets you. So, let the process work out. It, it's, it's going to be okay. And it's better that it work out like it's supposed to than to have it cut off in the middle and leave questions. All right. Our last story of the morning. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's opponent slams her for recruiting radicals to make socialism reality. Now, her one of her opponents is, is this black Republican lady. And frankly, I think that she's sort of grasping at straws at this point. But this is this is an, this is an interesting point, and I'm glad that she brought it up. Representative Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, Democrat from New York, decided that she's not going to pay the two hundred fifty thousand dollar fee that's associated with being a member of the Democrat Party. Her reasoning. The party won't support so-called insurgent progressive candidates who uh, who challenge the incumbents like Ocasio-Cortez herself. The Democrat Party has, I'll just read it to you. Um, 
the, the Democrat Party has decided that some of these insur- what they call insurgent progressive organizations are are not welcome because they see them they see themselves being taken over. They see uh, the people who are the incumbents, the the establishment, the corporate Democrats, and I'm doing air quotes behind all these things. Um, see their power being being diluted by some of the more progressive wing of the party, right? So what they're trying to do is they're trying to do what Democrats normally do. They're trying to cut off the lifeblood of some of these organizations and candidates by disallowing the money. But uh, Sherry Murray, Ocasio-Cortez's Republican opponent, believes this is a prime example that proves AOC is in politics for herself, and most certainly she is. Uh, I've called her many times the Instagram representative. It's all about what it's all about the gram, right? Um, Democrats were frustrated with her, Mary told Fox News Lisa Booth. This is just another example of AOC trying to deliver socialism to America, and she's trying to recruit radicals to do so. I don't think it's I don't think it's a shame she doesn't want to support her. I, excuse me. I do think it's a shame that she doesn't want to support her own party and be a team player. Well. First of all, it's silly for me for for Mary to comment in that fashion, in my opinion. But um, so the idea is that if indeed Ocasio Cortez is deciding not to spread the wealth around to the tune of raising money and and giving $250,000 to the party. And they'll use that money to support other Democrat candidates. I'm wondering how much support she's going to get from the, and she still needs support from, quote, corporate establishment Democrats and the corporate establishment Democrat money machine. And will that hurt her? It's going to be very interesting. It's going to be extremely interesting. Let's see here. Oh no, I won't go with that. But you know, and I, frankly, I don't know if um, if that message coming from her a Republican opponent is a very powerful message. I don't think so. No. But it, I find it a, a, an, an interesting point. I find it's a very interesting point. All right, we need to get out of here and make room for somebody else. Thank you ever so much for spending some time with us here on the Morning Report. This morning, it is January 13th, 2020. Um, they tell me that when you're writing down um, the year, don't write like one twelve twenty, because someone could come in and write like numbers after it. And then it's kind of a security thing. I saw that. Actually, I I did that at church. I uh, on my offering envelope, I, I wrote one one dot twelve dot twenty on my offering envelope, and she and my wife said, "Make sure you write in the other other 20. And I was like, uh, "It took me it took me a second to figure out what the heck she was talking about." And then I saw a meme on Facebook, and I don't know if this is true, and I don't know if it's going to make any difference, but you know what? Thanks. 
go ahead and do that. It is January 13th, 2020. Uh, again, thank you ever so much for, for, for coming to the morning report today. We hope that you are well. Um, please support us at fightbackmedia.com. Uh, please subscribe to the Swanson Report and buy Paul a cup of coffee. He's a big coffee drinker. Uh, so he's going to need every nickel to buy a cup of coffee for him or a, a cup of coffee for tomorrow. Um, it's still cold up there in Bayfield, Wisconsin, in the ass end of Canada. Um, so check out all his writings. Check out his his um, his blog and um, his, and some of the things he has on YouTube and Blog Talk Radio. So anyway, until we see you again, go out there and learn something, love somebody, and for goodness sakes. Y'all take care of yourself. We will see you when we see you. Bye-bye now. After my heart attack, cash from active care meant I had choices. When I had cancer... Cash from Active Care meant I didn't need to stress so much about money. What is Active Care? Active Care is a supplemental health insurance policy that offers protection for covered cancer, heart attack, or stroke, and a choice of cash benefit options from $10,000 to $60,000. If you're diagnosed with cancer, a heart attack, or stroke, you could end up paying thousands of dollars or more in out of pocket medical bills. Active Care gives you protection at an affordable price. So get Active Care for cash, choice, and control. Active Care is brought to you by Colonial Pen Life Insurance Company and is underwritten by Washington National Insurance Company. Visit colonialpen.com for more information. This is a limited benefit policy. This policy has limitations and exclusions. For costs and complete details of coverage, visit colonialpen.com. Someone you know has probably experienced cancer, a heart attack, or stroke. The odds of experiencing one of these are high, which could result in bills for thousands of dollars in out-of-pocket expenses. How would you pay for it? With your savings? There is another option. It's called Active Care. Active Care is a supplemental health insurance policy that offers protection for covered cancer, heart attack, or stroke, and a choice of cash benefit options from ten to sixty thousand dollars. And with Active Care, the cash is yours to use as you see fit. Active Care is brought to you by Colonial Pen Life Insurance Company and is underwritten by Washington National Insurance Company. Get Active Care for cash, choice, and control. Visit colonialpen.com for more information. This is a limited benefit policy. This policy has limitations and exclusions. For costs and complete details of coverage, visit colonialpen.com.